Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, order yourself a box, and you'll be blown away. Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, thank you for the MC Hammer music uh, uh, playing during our break. And I think there's a tie-in to our next guest. We're going to ask him about that in a second. Uh, Brian, do we, we have Ron. Is he joining us uh, through a phone or through Skype, or what do we got? We got Skype and, oops, I'm calling We got right Skype. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So joining us via Skype in just a second here, Ron Champion, the recent winner of the Hobie Open. Uh, we're going to get to talk to him, Pete, about... How he won, the techniques, the preparation. I want to. I want to hear a lot about how he picked the area he picked and all that stuff. And, I, uh, and I, still have, I have some questions about how the tournament works. Yeah, like because we take off and have to be back and yeah. check in. Yeah. And some of the you know some of those details. And, and they're are, and they're great questions. Because a lot of the guys that are watching tonight are not kayak guys, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're big bass boat guys that potentially want to be a kayak fisherman. They're bank fishermen that want to learn about how to enter a kayak tournament. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of great questions about about the tournament. Uh, I think, uh, Brian, we ready? Yes, okay, sir. I think we've got him now uh, joining us live via Skype. And I'm going to keep saying this all night because he has the best last name in the world. Uh, the <laughs> recent champion from the Hobie Open, Ron Champion, everybody. The champ. How you doing tonight, Ron? Rod, can you hear me? I can. Okay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, thank you. Are you at home tonight? Where are you at? I am. I'm, I'm sitting in my office. We just uh, just got back from vacation, so uh, just a few hours ago. Awesome, awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations uh, on your recent win. Uh, I, I mean, it's awesome. I, I can tell you, I haven't yet fished a kayak tournament, but to win a tournament is a tough thing. It's a tough thing. How many how many of these have you fished before before this victory? Oh, um, the, now as far as the Hobie Bass Open, I've fished all three that they've had since 2014. Um, but as far as actual uh, tournaments, I've probably I've probably fished close to 100 tournaments kayak fishing. Gotcha. That that's amazing. Now t- tell me a little bit. We asked Tom uh, at the beginning of the show how he got into it. Can you give us a background on how how did you get into the sport? I can. Um, I've been fishing bass boat tournaments my whole life. Uh, I started when I was a young kid. Bought my first boat when I was 19. Um, but um, back in uh, the end of 2013, uh, the guy you're gonna have on here in a little while, Chad Hoover, uh, actually came to me uh, we were really good friends and uh asked me if i'd be interested in uh doing some kayak fishing and uh, maybe some of the tournaments because the way that they were growing the sport was growing uh said the the money's getting really good uh it's the beginning um and it's always good to get in something in the beginning and um so uh he actually put me in my first boat in the end of 2013 2013 that's when i started kayak fishing um and i have my i, I have a bass boat and my bass boat has not been in the water t- since 2013. Wow. How, how about that? Now, that, that right there, Dave, that's testament to, you know, to, to what this, this movement's doing, to what this kayak fishing's doing. Ron, why is that? Tell me. What, what's special? What, what makes kayak bass fishing so special versus fishing out of a giant 20-foot bass boat? You know, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, 
if no fishing is fishing. Um, I think a lot of it um, has to do with the, the community as well. You know, the guys that are that are doing the tournaments, that are traveling and fishing, it is a very um, it's a very friendly organization. I mean, they they it's uh, they open their hands and just say, hey, come on in. And uh, I've made some uh, just like Tom. Uh, I consider Tom uh, one of my best friends, especially in the kayak side. Um, I love that man like a brother. And, uh, I, it's, same um, thing, brother, until you won this year. <laughs> Tom, Tom will say that. Tom, is the, Tom told me on Friday, uh, the day before the tournament started, that he said, this is your tournament this year. So that was uh, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's the community. Yeah. I mean, he, I, he, he supported me. I mean, I was pulling for him, too. You know, I mean, I love that guy. But uh, it, it really is. I mean, that's um, – it was just appealing, you know, especially after doing, you know, um, fishing a couple of tournaments. Uh, it's uh, it's easy for guys to get into. I mean, and y- you guys know, I mean, um, you know, it's it's definitely less expensive. I mean, yeah. you can literally get out on the water. You can buy a used kite for a few hundred bucks and get out and fish. So it's really good for guys just getting into fishing. Yeah. Uh, if you want to trick one out, I mean, you can get, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars in one. But still, that's you know, like you, Mike, if you're out fishing a tournament and something, you have a motor go down or something, I mean, that's thousands of dollars yeah. just to repair on that one, that one, that one thing. Yeah. You know, I can buy a whole new boat for that. Yeah. And so it's, it's very easily, um, uh, very easy for the guys that, uh, are just getting into, uh, tournament fishing or just leisure fishing at that. I mean, it, it's very uh, inexpensive. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's, that's a huge appeal to me for sure. kayak fishing. And, and I love the fact that so many new people are going to get involved in the sport because of a, because of a kayak. Uh, let me jump into it. And we talked with Tom earlier a little bit about, the tournament preparation, right, and, and you know how you guys prepare. Uh, and I want to jump into it and, and walk us through how you prepared and how you decided to fish where you fished in this event. And keep in mind, you know, a lot of our viewers, from a standpoint of preparing and practicing, are thinking, you know, especially on Kentucky Lake, right? They're thinking, oh, you got to go out there and you got to idle for days and you got to look at your Lawrence and you got to find the schools and you know, but but in in this tournament, in kayak fishing, it's different, right? So walk, walk us through how you prepared for this event and how you selected the area where you won. It, it is. Um, I'm originally from Tennessee. I live down in South Georgia now, so uh, Kentucky Lake, is that's in my back door. Uh, I've, I've fished it for many years, so I know a lot of the Tennessee water. Uh, the Kentucky Inn, uh, which we were out of Kentucky Down Village, um, I'm not as familiar with that area, uh, so... Um, um, I went up that to, to that tournament uh, three days before the actual event started. It was a Saturday and Sunday tournament, two days. Uh, I got there on Wednesday, and um, but you know your preparation is just like you getting ready for a tournament. You know I spent countless hours looking at maps and and especially ledges this time of the year up there in June. Um, it was um, uh, I mean it, it knew it was going to be a ledge bite. Um, we did have the national championship, which is uh, Chad's big tournament. That we were up there in March. Um, so, uh, I'd ha- I found some water down on the, uh, on the Tennessee end, uh, during that tournament that I knew I wanted to come back and check, um, for the Hobie Bass Open in June. But I started out, um, I started out on, in Kentucky pre-fishing. Um, I fished Wednesday. I, I had an area I wanted to go check and it was, um, 
man, it was just one of them things. This tournament was just meant to be. I mean, that's yeah. just all I can say. Uh, the very first place that I went, uh, I found, I literally found thousands of fish. Probably, there was probably five or six different schools of fish uh, in this area that I was fishing. It was probably within a three or four mile uh, pedal from yeah. me, Toby. And, uh, I, I was marking, and but I was graphing. I mean, I was pedaling, uh, watching my Lawrence, um, locating schools. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I'm glad you're saying this. So it's the same. The, the procedure is. is the same. You're doing I the same. That. Well, I think for me, because you know, I, I I did grow up bass fishing out of a bass boat. You know, my whole life. I'm 43 years old. You know, so I, I've got some experience behind me. I'm not a young guy. Um, uh, Tom's got me by a few years. <laughs> we talked about that, but uh, but no, I did. I, I I tried to break it down just like uh just like you would if you went to that body of water. You know that yeah. body of water well. You've done well up there. Yeah. Uh, I try to do the same. Um, I I probably the five days I was there, I probably logged twenty five plus miles in my in my kayak. Wow. That's my amazing. graph, my trail, I had to constantly clear my trails because I could not see it. I kept going back to the same same ledges fishing, especially uh, on day one of the tournament up in Kentucky. I, I had several spots that I was just bouncing around back and forth. Uh, but that's what I did in practice. I went up there and uh, I, I pedaled around and I located some really good schools on win- that Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I went to another area of the lake um, because you, I know y'all talked about it earlier. We can launch from anywhere as long as it's a yeah. public access. Yeah, we can launch. It can be a it can be a dirt road, a gravel road. It doesn't have to be a ramp. Right. Uh, as long as it is public access, we can put in there, and uh, and I utilize that. Um, I fished was fishing on the north end of the lake. And um, I went to another area, fished the same type water, and I actually caught fish on the second day. Not as good a quality as I had on Wednesday in practice. Um, and then Friday, I went down to Tennessee, um, down toward, I have no problem telling it, down in uh, New Johnsonville. Right. Um, I, I, that's my water. That's, yeah. the, that's the water I grew up fishing. Uh, I know that water really well. There was a really good shad spawn going on down there early in the morning. And um, the first day of the tournament, I didn't have a top water bite. I went straight to ledge fishing. I mean, and uh, so um, so I, I, it was, I was contemplating what I was going to do come tournament day. Uh, if I was going to start out in Tennessee, then first day or, or go to the where I knew I located some really good schools. And I caught some good fish on that Wednesday in practice. Uh, caught several 18, 19-plus inch fish. Uh, and I felt like, you know, our, the way the tournament works, we could have three fish on Saturday and then three fish on Sunday. That's our, so your total of six for the two days. Yeah. And, um, so, um, I talked to my wife on the phone that night in the hotel. I was like, you know, I, I, I think I've got a good shot. I mean, I felt like I, I really felt like I had a chance to win this tournament, uh, just after my first day of practice on that Wednesday, I was in a really, really good area, but I wasn't by myself. Right. Uh, it was like a drive through window uh, at McDonald's at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> with, with bass boats. They <laughs> were in there. I mean, left and right guys would blow in. They would fish five minutes, ten minutes. They'd blow out, and another boat would stop right in. And um, but they were really keying in on the really um, more defined ledges. Yeah. Um, I was actually fishing the behind them, maybe on the the secondary ledge where it would be 10 foot drop down to 12 14 foot that little break right uh, we didn't have a lot of current moving uh, on day one and so the fish were scattered um a lot more scattered the bait was scattered they wouldn't really stacked like they was in practice 
so uh, I was keying in on those fish and I, I had a really good first day uh, in uh, of the tournament. Ca- actually came in uh, was uh, was up there in the top uh, after day one and uh, um, it was uh, I mean I caught a lot of fish. Um, the Hobie had they have a camera boat out uh, so they got to come in and do some filming um, while I was fishing and talk about what I was doing, uh, which was really cool. Yeah, I think that, that show will air later on in the year or maybe even the first of next year. And um, right, but in the right. back of my mind, the whole time that I'm fishing up there, you know, and 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 with the eye angler, you know, it's a live leaderboard. So not only can mm-hmm. you know your your family, friends, and, and the public can watch it, you know, at home, is um, I can see what's going on in the tournament right there. You know, I can see where I'm at. I can see if I'm in sixth place, fifth place, first that. place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> major league fishing. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And um, and I was lucky. I mean, I, I caught. First, the first morning, my first hunt that I went to, uh, we can launch before the tournament starts. So uh, our first cast is a set time. So I, I launched almost an hour before the tournament started, and I got to my water. I pedaled around, and I located the school that I thought I had the best shot at, and it was actually on a hump, not even a ledge. It was just a hump. Um, and uh, I caught three really solid fish the first hour uh, after first cast, and I went straight to first place by the by the eye angler, and, wow. uh, and I stayed there all day, um, hey. which was that's that helps. I mean, it makes you feel good, you know, uh, to uh, when you can see where you're at throughout yeah. the day. It, it makes you feel good when you're in first place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not when but you're it, sucking it, it back there in fiftieth place. <laughs> the, uh, but it, but it's pr- it is pressure, you know. It's added pressure, you know, because you in your gut, you know, you're sitting there thinking, man, you know, I, um, you know, how many people are sandbagging? How many guys have not turned in their fish yet? You know, wow. and uh, and uh, yeah. so it's you know it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, which is uh, but it's cool. You know, that's I mean, I mean that's the part that you that's what you live for, man. Yeah. I mean, fish for is that feeling? You know, it, it's man, it, it's gut wrenching. But after at the end of the day, man, I mean that's that's what you're out there for. It's hey, that, uh, hey, Ron, it's Dave. Congratulations, man. Thank you. I, I guess as someone that knows nothing about kayaks, what I'm most shocked about is how bigger guys can. Uh, can be in them and function and function well. I mean, I'm yep. looking at your hands there. You look like you can palm a watermelon. How big are you? <laughs> I'm six four three oh five. Yeah. So now let me ask you this, Ron. When you're at the yeah. boat ramp before a competition on ones where you can see guys, do you look at their cabs and worry about how fast they are? <laughs> uh, you know, I carry. I'm like Tom. You know, maybe a little bit different time. I like to carry. Uh, I know he said he'll get it down to three or four rods. I mean, I've had 16 rods on my boat before. <laughs> wow. So, and I carry a lot of gear. I, I know the Hobie says, you know, 600 pounds weight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I push that. Yeah, but at your size, yeah. you could have two of them behind each ear, like the old people do cigarettes, <laughs> you know, like as big as you are, man. But, it's, uh, uh, but that boat, you know, that's why I went with that boat, you know, because I am a big guy. Uh, I wanted a stable platform to fish out of. I what? wanted a boat that I could put a lot of gear in because, I, I mean, I take my ki- I can put my kids in my boat with me. I've had both of my kids in my PA-14 with Which me. Which model is that, Ron? What is that called? The, uh, the PA-14, 14, 14 okay. foot long. Um, I'll take my black pack out of the back and put another seat in there, uh, set my son on it. He's 10. I'll put my daughter. She's uh, fixing to be six. 
put her in the front with me. I've been, th- I've had both my kids out fishing with me before. It's that stable. Wow, uh, that's cool. It's an amazing boat, and uh, but that's why I chose that boat because when you're tournament fishing, I mean, I mean, and we're by no means at the level like with Mike is with uh, the Elite Series and all that. But I think it's going that direction, um, and I, or I hope it is. Yeah. And uh, but if you're going to fish big water like like Kentucky Lake or Santee Cooper, um, it, you need you really need a really good kayak, a stable platform. Because uh, I, um, I I stand a lot. I feel very comfortable standing in my boat. Wow. Um, wow. Um, last year at the tournament of the champions down on Lake Fork. I mean, I fish Lake Fork. I make it down there every year. Um, we were paddling out in 30 mile an hour winds. I had waves coming over the nose of my boat and hitting me in the shins. Um, and it was pitch dark paddling through the trees on Lake Fort. And I felt very comfortable in that boat. It's, it's an amazing boat. Wow. Interesting. I got a question, uh, for you, for Ron and Tom, do you, uh, do you miss the buddy aspect? Like you get out on your bass boat you fish buddy tournaments, you fish with a friend. Uh, You know what? Um, as far as the tournament side, um, no, I don't miss that part. <laughs> I don't miss having to have somebody in the boat with me. I like that one-on-one competition. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a competitive guy. Uh, but um, as far as going fishing with your buddies, man, it, uh, the way social media is now, all you got to do is make one post. Hey, I'm going to hit this spot tomorrow, 6 a.m. Who wants to join? You might have yep. 10 kayaks mm-hmm. show up just right. to fish so uh, if anything, you know, you get more guys that are out there fishing. Well, you might, I mean, a lot of the kayak guys, they kind of like on Kentucky Lake, I know they'll fish in groups, three, four boats, you know, might fish the same ledge. And, you know, so, so no, you still get the, get the buddy side of it. Um, I like to get, um, I like to get away from guys, especially come tournament time, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I, I'm very open. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very easy approach at tournaments. You know, I talk, I don't hide anything. You know, I might not tell you everything, but, uh, but I don't hide a lot. Um, uh, but, um, coming to Kentucky Lake for this event, it wasn't about the money. And, you know, I wanted that, that spot for team, uh, team USA Hobie, uh, to fish in the worlds. And, um, I went up there this year to really, um, to really test myself. I gave myself plenty of time for practice. Um, and when I said I like to get away from guys, after day one of that tournament, um, I made a choice. I didn't fish that that same spot the second day, and there was a lot of fish in there. Um, I changed tactics, and I drove two hours south to that spot down toward New Johnsonville that I found on Friday where the shad spawn was. Uh, so it was a gamble, you know, uh, but I got down there, and I didn't see one kayak down there. I, was, I had it by myself. Wow. There was nobody around. Um, and uh, it was the best move I made. I mean, I caught fish all day long down there. Uh, I had several humps, several little ledges, but I got that early morning topwater bite, uh, which I, which was what I was keying on. I thought I would need a, a really big fish, uh, a kicker fish, you know, for the tournament. I had a solid three fish on the first day. Um, I thought I would need a really big kicker fish for the second day. And I got down there, and, man, the sh- as soon as it got daylight, the shad were flickering all over the docks. They were all up on the banks. I mean, there was bass in there feeding on them, gar, drum. I mean, it was nuts. And, um, and of course, I mean, I picked up some topwater baits, and it was on. I mean, I, I had three fish within probably 20 minutes, and uh, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half into the tournament, um, I, I uploaded my fish to Eye Angler, and I went straight to first place again with 107 inches and three fish. And, um, um, 
and then I later I called later on in the day, uh, which actually is what won me the tournament. Almost literally, almost on my last cast, I said it was my last cast because I gave up two hours of, of fishing time. We can launch, we can leave wherever we're at, we can drive to our area, but as soon as um, uh, you know, we all have to be back at the same spot, you know, at three o'clock. So um, I um, I drove two hours south to fish that area, but I still had to be back at Kentucky Down Village at three. So right. I gave up two hours of fishing time, but you know it. it I upgraded late in the day. It worked out. I won by a half inch after after it was all said and done. But I'll tell you, one of the reasons I told him he would do well this year, him, Matthew Scotch was second, Jay Wallen was third. These boys this year have been killing it. He's the most. This guy Ronnie's the most humble guy you're going to meet. He's been killing it down south, Tennessee. He's had the hot sticks like Matthew and Jay. Yeah. And these guys are having one of them years. You know when the guys are throwing good and catching, making right decisions. Yeah. Oh, it's, when you get in that when you get in you that, that roll. Yep. Oh, it's the, it's the best. That's the best. You know, it was an awesome week. I, coming uh, from South Georgia, like I said, I, I, I used to live in Tennessee up until November of last year. I actually stopped in Nashville <laughs> uh, at Old Hickory Lake and fished with the local club that I used to fish with. They had a Tuesday night tournament on my way through to Nashville and. I stopped in and fished that event with them. They had 53 anglers, I think, uh, 52 or 53, on a Tuesday night three-hour tournament. I actually won that tournament as well on Tuesday and won big fish. And so uh, he doesn't—he doesn't seem very humble. <laughs> you have a name, Ron Champion. Yeah. That was a that was a night. It was a good week, that's for sure. <laughs> I want to ask you this, Ron. It, it, coming from you know the, the the bass boat world, where you fished you know tournaments when you were younger and regular bass boat, is it strange to to measure fish instead of weigh them for a tournament? Has did, did that take a little getting used to? It, in the in the beginning, it did. Um, but, um, man, I think it's, it is, I think it's a plus to the industry. Um, I mean, cause you're, you're taking a fish, you know, if, if you're in a bass boat, you know, and you might have five, six fish in your live well for what, six, seven, eight hours all day long, especially in the middle of the summer, Yeah. you know, running Very around. Cool. I mean, you know, we, I know everybody tries to take care of their fish, but you always have some that, that don't, that don't make it. Well, you know, if you catch that fish, I mean, we're I'm photographing that fish, and that fish is back in the water where it's lived its whole life for, you know, within, you know, a minute. You know, so it's really good for the fisheries, the catch, photo, and release. Um, I think it would be a – I think it's an, an opportunity for uh, for some bass boat trails to actually give it a shot because it's really – it is a really cool format. Hey, hey, Ron, it's Dave. If we can just digress for a minute. We received some intel that you're a pretty big MC Hammer fan. Is that true? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. Ho, so. ho, ho. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So six we, foot we four. About MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Millie Vanilli, man, come on now. I know that's my stuff. So that's at my six foot, in 1989, when you at six foot four, did you have Manili dreads and MC Hammer pants? Like, what were you doing? I, I did have the MC Hammer pants. That's you a did? Fact. I believe it. Ron, you know it's true. I love you. <laughs> Ron, what shoes did you wear with your MC Hammer pants? Did you have like wear like pointy toe cockroach killers? Uh, yeah, cockroach, cockroach killers. <laughs> Uh, my kids, I got, I got to keep that for my kids, man. They, they would never let me live that down. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he had the old, he had the old 
flat brim and gold go, and I saw a couple of them old school pictures. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're six foot four with hands like a quart of bananas, you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you just wear what you want. Yeah. All right, now, I, don't have a lot of, I, don't, I don't have a lot of trouble no more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, now here's a big question I wanted to ask you, and, you know, amazing winning an event, but the qualification, you touched on it, that was big for you. You wanted to get to Worlds. Uh, what are you going to do between now and that tournament to prepare for that event? Do you do you have stuff that you're going to do? Are you going to practice? Are you going to mentally prepare? Oh, what, yeah. What are yeah, you going to do, uh, Ron? I'm, I'm fortunate you know, now that where I live, uh, just outside of Savannah, Georgia. So uh, so I've got salt water right here. And, and we'll be going after reds, uh, trout, and flounder uh, for this tournament. Uh, and and I just moved here back in November of last year. I'm not a salt guy. I've caught flounder and I've caught trout, but I've never caught a redfish. Uh, and um, I told my wife, I said, as soon as I get back from vacation, uh, which we got back today, I was like, uh, now everything changes. I've still got a lot of tournaments, bass tournaments that I'll be doing, but uh, a lot of my practice will be salt now. I want to I want to be familiar with the fish that I'm catching, how to handle them. Uh, you down in Louisiana, I mean, we'll we'll be catching you know bull redfish, you know, 40 plus inches. Um, and you have to get that fish in the boat on a measuring board and take a photograph of it. So, um, uh, so yeah, now I start preparing for that because that, that's, I mean, that's what I went there for. This tournament meant everything. Uh, it's been a three year quest. Uh, I wanted it bad in 2014 when Tom won it. Uh, I got seventh that year. Last year I got, uh, 15th and, um, I was fortunate enough this year to, for the win. And yeah, I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I'm a, I'm a crybaby. Uh, I can watch a girl, a chick flick, man. I'll sit there and cry with my wife. Uh, that's just me. And uh, it was um, that spot to earn that spot. That that meant everything to me. I mean, I was a I was a wreck, man. Uh, at the the last day coming in for that, and uh, it meant. I mean, it meant everything, man. I was sitting at the Tom the, the table with Tom. You know, when they when they announced it, and the way that Hobie did it, it with the suspense. Um, you know, you have the eye angler. You know where you're at. Um, they take it down about uh, an hour and a half. Uh, this this year's about an hour and a half before the tournament was over with. So I had that long drive back, and uh, so the whole time I'm driving back, I'm thinking, you know, somebody's going to pass me. I'm giving up a lot of fishing time. And um, so when they when we did get into to the the actual uh, ceremony, the pri- giving the prizes and announcing the winners, um, my buddy Jay Wallen was actually in second behind me the last time that I saw on the on the app. Um, and then I talked to him and he said that he got passed by Matthew. Uh, he, he was pretty sure. And so then I was, I, I was, it was gut wrenching. But once they started announcing the, the weights for day one, uh, um, they announced Jay's, uh, links, uh, or the, the, the links. And so they announced Jay's and he got third. And then when they announced, uh, the second place, um, and he had 54 point something inches on day one. And as soon as they said that, and I knew uh, I'd want it. I sat at the table with Tom, man. I lost it, dude. I was my head between my left legs. I was on back, pat me. You know, it was. Uh, I had the tissues you know, out had, for him. Well, <laughs> I man, I was, I was crying, man. It meant everything. <laughs> it did. Um, it was a really. Uh, I'll never forget it. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm I'm 43 years old, and I'll never forget that moment for the rest of my life. That, that's uh, that's awesome. Well, it's it's hard to win a tournament anywhere. Uh, and and it's it's a tough thing to do, and hey, congratulations, dude! You're the champion. Your last name's champion. You're going to the worlds. You're in a good place. Uh, and you're gonna be there. 
this year, right? I will be there. I'll see you there. I'll get to meet you in person. Uh, and, and I actually met you last year, and I, I don't know that you'll if you'll remember it, but you was uh, uh, the Hobie Open last year uh, on Kentucky Lake. You had your boat parked on the ramp at Paris Landing. Uh, uh, you had your kids in your boat with you. Y'all were some they were working on your live wells or motor or something. Yeah. And I, I had a yellow hobie at that time, and I actually tuck out, and we actually spoke to each other right there uh, last year. I, I was there practicing for that this event, so I remember um, him. It, can't I, re- I remember yeah, him. I totally yeah, remember you. He probably I mean, winked at her. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I thought it was amazing. Too, you know, no, so I, I thought it was absolutely amazing because this guy's there with like a kayak, and I remember we were getting the screens clean. Yeah. And the kids were there. The There's bass boats everywhere. You're just like chilling in a kayak. Did he have the kayak strapped to his back? <laughs> not, not at that moment. No. Oh, okay. it was, it, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but I, I look forward to hanging out with you down there. And uh, you know what? By having this show and bringing more awareness to to the kayak industry with what you what you're doing. That means that means a lot to you know not just me not just Hobie that means a lot to you know fishermen and kayak fishermen uh, everywhere and uh, uh, we appreciate you know you having a show like this I really appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about uh, kayak fishing uh, hopefully we can share the water someday man I'd love to go out with you and uh, show you show you show you what I do and. Uh, um, have a little friendly battle. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and, and thanks for the kind words. And I will definitely see you at the Worlds. And, uh, awesome. and congratulations again, Ron. Great Thank win. You. Great Thank win. You. Thank you. Ron Champion, everybody. There you have it. Man, I love it. Great name. Oh, thanks, it's a great Ron. name. It's a strong name, man. It's awesome. It's the best name in the world. Uh, I mean, and, and that to me, like, you could see it through that Skype. And that's what I love about Skype. You can look at somebody and dude, he's he's passionate. a part passionate. Yeah. He's a part of the sport. Yeah. He you, you could tell he loves it, you know? And dude, that's what's going to grow, you know, the entire sport. You know, I I see this kayak movement bringing new people into it that would have normally passed it over. Dude, that in itself is the deal. You know what I mean? Through through all the other crap, dude, if you get new people every year that would normally not get involved in fishing or tournament fishing that do it because of a kayak, what a great thing, dude. What a great freaking thing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's awesome. And I saw I saw that. True, true guy. So that was awesome. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, how are we doing back there? We're doing great. We're, we're late. Um, and we're dialing Chad Hoover immediately. Immediately? Okay. All and right. So. And action. I, okay. So, yeah, go ahead, Pete. What do you got? I just had a question, like, and, and I should have asked it while the champ was on. He's fishing ledges. Fishing crankbaits in a kayak, man. I, I, I have the hardest time keeping pressure on fish, right? When they when they strike, right? I, I keep I take the seat out of my boat so I can back up and I can pressure these fish. Yeah. Is that is is, is that hard to do in a kayak? Sometimes now, if, if like I said about standing, sometimes yeah. If it's a little too choppy out there and I am down and I'm getting that long cast in, I'll angle my kayak the other way. So when you do feel a hit, you just give a couple pedals. And go the other direction. And go the other direction. Yeah. Give wow. yourself a little torque. Yeah. And yeah, see, yeah. And again, there's technique that's yeah. kayak-specific. Right. Developed to do the same thing that you're doing that in we your do. I do. I do it with my trolling motor. Yeah. Exactly. I put the trolling motor in reverse yeah. before I set the hook or mm-hmm. if I anticipate a strike or something like that. Yeah. Of, you guys you got it on the, on the trolling motor or your foot. Our feet are on the pedals. Yeah. Yeah. Ron, can you drive your kayak in these tournaments? 
uh, in, in a bass boat to your location and launch from there, or do you have to be in a vehicle? Like uh, you, no, you can't get. They call that mother shipping. I can't do that. You can't mother ship uh, okay, to somewhere. Just, okay. But you can, you can set like we said. We can start at fishing time on your waters, which is awesome. Right. Because the boat tournaments usually leave at the marinas at six, six thirty or something. Yeah. So we're down at soon as daylight. So we can pedal out there. Like I left mine at four quarter after four. Get out there, pedal get settled in. Five minutes out. Yeah. Got out on my ledge. And then you wait, you know, and then right it's casting time's ready to go. We got that. That's one thing that was nice when Kentucky. We had that half hour, 45 minutes before the boats are all. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It was nuts. That's a, that's a cool part of the We had 400 boats that weekend. We had it. 400 boats on Saturday. Then on Sunday, the two-day, FLW came in and we're practicing. Wow. You have to drive your car back wow. to the weigh-in so. spot and be there on time. you got to be there on time. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of neat. That's really neat. Bridges right That's really neat. Yeah. And joining us now live, you thank you, You can't put Chad the Hoover. kayak in your truck. You could fish somewhere. You had a morning bite. Pack up, get in the truck, go somewhere else yeah. and drop in. So. Yeah. All right. All right. So without further ado, and I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this next guest, uh, accomplished author, TV personality, uh, really a guy that helped propel the entire movement uh, of kayak fishing. I, I can't wait to get this guy on. Uh, joining us live via Skype, the one, the only, Chad Hoover. Chad Hoover, everybody. Chad, how you doing tonight? How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Uh, doing good. Th- thanks for joining us, man. Uh, I-, I-, I don't think this show would have been complete without having you on. So thank you for carving time out tonight to be on Ike Live. Well, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I-, I-, I just want to start with a big question right off the giddy. You're known as kind of the godfather of this movement. Did you know? <laughs> did you know early on that kayak fishing was was going to become this big? Yes. Um, and I didn't, it wasn't just me. Actually, there was a guy named Ken Dauber who, uh, who wrote a book called Kayak Fishing the Revolution. Uh, and the only reason he's not credited more with being kind of the visionary is he was such a visionary. He wrote it way too soon. Um, so, but yeah, I saw it. I, uh, I, I fished in Corpus Christi. I was, uh, active duty Navy down there stationed in uh in corpus got into it actually got into kayak fishing in the salt water um and immediately you know the light bulb went off uh i've been actually dragging this wagon if you want to call it that kicking and screaming for uh 20 years in november will be how long wow. i've been fishing out of one of these plastic things uh, i grew up fishing out of paddle craft when i was a kid uh, because in louisiana everything's flooded kind of all the time i'm actually from you know, the hackney part of the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as soon as I got into it and started getting into skinny water and started catching fish other people couldn't get to, it was a real uh, light bulb went off for me kind of a thing. Yeah. It's kind of um, kayak fishing now is becoming kind of commonplace. But tell me about the early years of you doing it. You know, especially I'm, I'm envisioning you in a kayak down in Louisiana with the normal guys in bass boats and tin boats with big motors on it. Tell me some of the – was there strange looks? Was there comments? Were people saying, what the hell are you doing? Was there that stuff going on in the beginning? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was really crazy, especially at the boat ramp. Not so much out in the water because, like you just said, once I got on the water uh, and I paddled a little ways, I didn't have to deal with anybody. Um, 
But at the boat ramps, when I was paddling along, I'd have people run up to me. Um, you know, Tom mentioned that we fished a uh, a tournament down on Sandy Cooper. Uh, I held the first ever organized kayak bass fishing tournament. Uh, there had been other kayak fishing tournaments for saltwater, and I fished in, in uh, quite a few of those. Um, in fact, in the early years, I actually competed in a lot of saltwater uh, kayak fishing tournaments because that was the only uh, kayak fishing tournaments they were. I'm actually a past champion of the tournament uh, Tom was talking about, and that's where I saw the one up at Jamaica Bay. I had a, uh, but you know, those tournaments for me let me know how big a deal this sport was, the social aspect of it, the camaraderie, yeah. you know, and all the things outside of, you know, the actual benefit of stealth and access and affordability and all that other stuff. The, the fact that there's this weird, you know, common thread, um, you know, if you're in the outdoor industry, uh, actually, if you're a human being alive, there's two industries I kind of, or two things I kind of relate kayak fishing to. Uh, it's a lot like archery. It's a lot like bow hunters. They're very social, uh, real club click oriented. They do a lot of 3D shoots and tournament shoots. And then motorcycle um, riders. Motorcycle riders have EMCs or motorcycle clubs, and they have rallies and, and get-togethers and all that kind of stuff. And so kayak fishing is a lot like that. It's a, it's a, it's a really social um, – I was listening to you guys talking to Ron earlier, and when Dave asked, did he, you know, did you miss giving up the – the uh the other angler you actually pick up about 150 it's more the other way around so uh in the beginning a lot of boat ramp stuff a lot of especially in alabama for whatever reason people would always come up to me and <laughs> looking at me like i was in a spaceship and uh, i had sticking up off the kayak i'd have stickers that said kayak fishing on the side and tackle boxes and i'd be wearing fishing clothes and they'd say dude you gonna fish out that thing and I'd say, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going fishing uh, right now. Um, <laughs> in fact, it, it was it, it was so ridiculous for a while that I actually started telling guys that I wasn't a kayak fisherman. I told them that I worked for a chemical coating company, and my job was to take kayaks out and paddle around and expose fishing gear to the elements because this is the best way to get down close to the water. And and a lot of them believe that. So it was, uh, I, had a guy, I had a guy at a boat ramp one time in Alabama, and he said, uh, you going fishing? And I said, nope. And he kind of stood there for a second, and I said, I'm, I'm actually going out testing products for a company similar to, like, DuPont Chemical, but they make chemicals specifically for, to protect fishing gear. In, in fact, I don't even like to fish. And the reason I know I sold it is because five minutes later, a buddy of his walks up, you know, the guy that actually had the boat he was waiting on, Back to his boat ramp, back to his boat down, and he, hey, hey, man, come here, let me introduce you to this dude. Check this out. This guy's job is to paddle around and test out the chemical <laughs> coatings on fishing stuff. And he elbows him and says, and he don't even fish. Oh. <laughs> so, I, got a, I got a lot of crazy looks back in the beginning. So. Oh, man. We should immediately start a movement to revoke Alabama's right to vote. Yeah, yeah. The entire state of Alabama shouldn't be able to vote at all. I'm actually in lower Alabama right now. Except you. Except you. Yeah, you're the only one that can vote. Uh, we've asked uh, we've asked Tom this, we've asked Ron this, and I want to ask you as well. What what makes kayak fishing special to you? What what's the huge draw to it? Um, you, you know why why kayak fishing? There's so many ways to enjoy it, but what makes it special for you, Chad? 
So, so Mike, here's a, there's a couple of things. For one, I was a lot like um, Ron. I had a bass boat and I had a flats boat. I guided fishing trips. You know, I did a lot, lot of uh, um, a lot of stuff in boats. You know, I grew up in P rows and canoes and 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 little pond hoppers and and John boats and things like that. When I got into a kayak, I had a bass, uh, a flats boat and a bass boat. I was uh, not a very good bass boat, but a pretty decent flats boat down in Corpus Christi. And I would put the kayak on there to mothership the boat out or to mothership the kayak out to get into skinny water looking for redfish. And it got to the point where I would just throw the kayak in my truck to take it to work and wouldn't even take the boat. And I would save the boat for when I did guided trips. When I would put my clients on the boat and then I would take it and I would stake it out with the stakeout pole or the, you know, the push pole. Then I'd get in the kayak and paddle up into the flat and almost herd the redfish past them. And about <laughs> the third trip I did that, some of my clients said, dude, why don't we just fish out of the kayaks? And I went, huh, I don't know. Why don't we just fish out of kayaks? So they became my first customers ever that I took out in the kayak. Wow. We had so much fun. You know, they were hooting and hollering, hooking up to a 22-inch redfish because they were going on a sleigh ride. Whereas if they had caught that 22-inch redfish from a boat, it would have been a, you know, okay, yeah. cool fish. But watching them getting towed around, watching them light up, when the, when the fish got near the boat, when they didn't have a loose drag and it pull up on it, it kick water in their face. Just watching them yeah. giggle like little, and these are 55, 60 year old men yeah. giggling like little girls. It let me know that, and a guy walked up to me, put his hand on my arm and he said, man, I'm going to tell you something. I've been fishing my whole life. I've never connected with my son like that. And for me, fishing just started over. This is, wow. this is something different. And I yeah. have already kind of, known that internally yep. uh, but you know i was 20 something years old then and you don't really think of things the same as a little older more mature people do kind of like me now <laughs> uh i was thinking of it more from a results oriented standpoint yeah um but it really has, has been one of those things for me that was a it's just a different i tell people all the time i've said this on my show i've said it in the book i say it in seminars it's not a gimmick you know, fishing for me any other way is like fishing in black and white. And fishing for me from a kayak is like fishing in color. It's like fishing in 3D, you know, in IMAX or whatever you want to call yeah. it. I get to see things from a kayak I would never see. Yeah. You know, I stand that and watch fish bed and, and do things that, you know, I learn more about the body language of the fish, about yeah. the habits of the fish, their interaction with bait. Uh, the things that I just couldn't, I could never see before. Um, so for me, it's just a more effective way to fish in a lot of cases. Uh, I have figured out ways to fish it just as effectively in deep water cranking as I have shallow water. So it's not just a, a spring and fall thing for me. Uh, it's deadly effective anytime. Um, I, I really like, but here's the thing, Mike. Somebody like you who's this, when you came along, you were a different bass fisherman. You're a guy that that listened to hip hop and you you broke dance and you you did all this stuff and you hollered and screamed when bass fish. You know that'd be like somebody acting a fool. Nobody knows this because you're now a part of the industry. You're a staple. But when you first got into kayak fishing or bass fishing, it would almost be like somebody in the middle of a golf tournament throwing their golf clubs up in the air, taking their shirt off and running and jumping in the pond. Happy I mean, Gilmore. That's what you did for bass fishing. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, though. 
you but you didn't mobilize a younger generation of of anglers to go get into bass boats because there was that economic barrier as well as you could have had this thing been there you know right now that you're getting into this people ask me all the time what do you think about this iconella getting into kayak fishing thing i said i think it's great i've been calling this wrongly i've been calling this for about 10 years I'm like, somebody in the Elite Series, somebody in BASS, somebody in FLW is going to make that jump. You know, and people have said, but man, you're like the dude in bass fishing, so once one man does it, you're not going to be the man anymore. I don't care about any of that. I care about growing the sport and not the sport of kayak fishing. People hear me say that all the time and think I mean just kayak fishing. You know, when I first started, I wrote for Bassmaster, and when the Bassmaster changeover of ownership happened they didn't really want kayaks in there as much because some of the the boat companies were a little intimidated by it being an alternative i don't think of it as an as an alternative it's a gateway you know if a guy never loves to fish he's never going to love fishing from a bass boat and i think we're making more anglers now uh because of the ease of access i got a little 10 year old kid in my neighborhood that's started his own YouTube channel because he can fish from a kayak. Yeah. And you might getting into this and doing what you do and relating to that younger generation, you can get the flat brimmers that I can't get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I appreciate what you said, and, and it's very powerful what you said. You know, you gave the example of the guy fishing with his son and said, he, he you know, he, first time he connected with him. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Dude, the ability to get somebody fishing that has never fished before is so powerful, and I love that about what kayak fishing is doing for the entire sport. You know that that's amazing. So that, that's great. Now I, I want to ask you this. You know we we talked a little bit about um, you know you talked about me a little bit, and I want to flip flop it on you. And you are Chad. You're a true brand of kayak fishing. You're you know pe- people know your name and they relate to somebody that is a brand. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that, like establishing the brand, and then, you know, you like me. We're we're a lot alike in certain ways. You have a lot of people that love you, and you have a lot of people that don't love you, and I, I can relate to that. Tell me a little bit about how you deal with that, about the haters. Man, I hug them. <laughs> you know, like, on my YouTube channel, we have this thing. I've actually educated my. My, I call them the KBFers, the kayak bass fishers. I tell them, you know, don't engage these people. That's not that's what they're looking for. But really deep down inside, they're not they're not angry at you. They're angry at themselves and their their parents for not raising them right, and their uncle for slapping them in the head when they're a kid, and all the people that picked on them in high school, and they're actually mad at themselves for their own inability to be successful. So I don't really get mad at haters. What I do is just do me, man. I just do my thing. I try to be happy. I try to be, you know, as successful as I can in doing what I'm doing. Uh, I think that the definition of success for me was being able to accomplish doing this for a living. Um, everything else, you know, Mike, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. This isn't some ABC after school special. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be praised. I don't really care about that. When the, when the camera thing happened it was more about putting a camera over my shoulder and showing somebody else how awesome what i was doing was yeah Uh, i threw it up on youtube to share it with somebody else because it was the only i didn't have a way to to transfer video back then so somebody said oh just upload it to youtube and you can email the link and so i did that 
to show somebody how to do something. And then when I emailed them the link, they said, man, you know how many people you could teach to do this if you just make this video live? And so, so to answer your question, you know, I'm definitely flattered that you say that. I appreciate it. Um, but what I, you know, I do it because I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm not the selfless, you know, person. Uh, in a lot of cases, some people try to relate me to for some of the charity work and stuff that I do. Uh, I get more out of it than they do. Uh, as far as the hater thing goes, though, um, you know, anytime you're successful doing something, uh, and my grandpa told me this and a couple of other people told me this, that you'll know you made it when they hate it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've made it by any stretch of the imagination because I've still got uh, a lot of stuff to accomplish. But, you know, I, honestly, I don't even really focus on it. I have fun with it. I think it's a trip. See, I'm a big dude. The thing I get the most criticism for because when I post a picture up or a video and I'll say a fish is four pounds or five pounds or whatever, and, you know, immediately when the YouTube video releases, there's some guy on there going, man, that fish ain't been about a pound and a half. You need to stop lying. You're going to lose credibility. <laughs> I don't care. I, you know, when you're this big, you got to hold a fish up. I'm going to, Mike, I should get you on my show so I can hold a fish up and then say how big it is and then hand it to you and let you hold it up and say how big it is. Then we can get that relational thing going and folks actually know you know, that I'm not lying about these fish size. Um, but no, I don't, I don't really focus on it, man. And, and, and if I do, I use it to motivate me. Yeah. Like I use it to, to just fire me up. I'm, I'm a lot like Ron, you know, he is a modest guy. He, he stopped in Tennessee, laid the smack down on his way to the tournament. Um, I mean, he's competitive at everything. He was, he, he said he was on vacation. We were actually on vacation together. He was down here in Panama city beach and like, He's competitive at drinking, like, whatever. I mean, he's competitive at, like, walking through the mall. Um, <laughs> I tell people all the time, if you hang out with Ron Champion, if you've ever seen the movie Days of Thunder, when those two dudes were in the hospital, and then they, like, raced their shopping carts in the grocery store and things like that, that's, that's my relationship with Ron Champion. Um, we split a hotel room if we're fishing the tournament that I can actually fish in. I just got back started doing the competitive thing myself because – I own the tournament trail, so I couldn't really fish it. So I'm glad that there's other tournaments popping up, you know, that there's other things that are starting to happen with the industry. Uh, I don't, you know, begrudge anybody for trying to have some success in it. I think the more success and the more events that there are out there, the more it says that this sport has arrived. Yeah. Um, you know, I love, I love fishing from a kayak. I love bass fishing. I love saltwater fishing. Uh, for me, though, the thing that's always been the most relatable is being in some backwoods water slough, backwater pocket, uh, someplace just uh, waiting on the world to come alive or, you know, stressing the sun going down because you got to drag the kayak through the woods a mile and a half and there's gators everywhere. That's just my reel. You know, yeah. that's what that's what I relate to. Yeah. Hey, now, I, I, go ahead, Dave. Uh, hey, Chad, this is Dave. What's up, Dave? Hey, I have a question. Uh, we received some intel here that uh, that you and Tom Michaels had some type of a wager. Uh, bass tournament related <laughs> wager that you reneged on. Care to uh, elaborate on that? Hey, listen, I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> I reneged, and I was going to say at the end of the show that I still owe Tom something. Um, it's just so dang far to Jersey. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just so far. It's, and it's I don't far know anybody that. Too. We talk about Alabama. 
But I don't know anybody that goes to Jersey on purpose that doesn't have to. <laughs> well, wait a minute. The, uh, the situation and Snooky, they went to Jersey. Yeah, we don't claim them. They're from Ohio. Chad, so Chad, when Tom was uh, describing your bet-paying tendencies, do you think he described you as a a Welch, b an Indian giver, or c what we used to call Goliath Grouper? <laughs> no. It, Yo, D. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> it's well, D, yet to deliver. We're still getting it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for that, you guys, Dave. You guys <laughs> I am did that. I know. Well, I, I love that. that. No, By the way, like, since this is like live, it, Dave, you don't seem like the chicken shit kind of guy. What did we used to call Goliath Trooper? <laughs> uh, that would that would be a, a, Hebrew, a Hebrew Salmoides. Salmoides. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they had to put the scientific name to it. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's get back to, to some, some real talk here. I got to tell you this, and, and Pete, we've talked about this all the time. The last two or three years of ICAST, ICAST is the biggest show in the industry, of the fishing industry, and normally, you know, you go there and there's a hot bait or a hot lure, or, you know, there's there's something, a rod or a reel. Dude, the last two or three years at ICAST, all anybody's talking about four. is kayaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four years, three, four years. It, it's been that long. Um, for sure, that tells me that it's taking a hold of the sport, and, it you know, it, it's the fastest-growing segment of bass fishing right now. Mm-hmm. Let me corner. Let me let me let me corner you, Chad, and 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 want to ask you, just flat out ask you, what needs to happen to kayak fishing to make it even bigger? It's growing like crazy, but what needs to happen to bring it to the next level? So I've been in talks with um, several of the major sanctioning bodies of um, competitive, you know, tournament fishing. Um, you know, everybody knows your name because of competitive tournament fishing. Uh, people know the fishing names. Uh, every kid who has a fisherman to look up to knows them uh, for one of two reasons. Usually it's for TV or it's for tournaments, and tournaments because of TV. And so for me, what we as anglers that do tournaments do for the sport uh, is drive innovation. We drive, you know, the changing uh, dynamic of the sport. There would be no pro reel if there was no pro fisherman. There would be no pro sonar if there was no pro fisherman. And so as much as a lot of the weekend anglers uh, and guys that do it recreationally kind of begrudge or hate tournament anglers, um, if it's done right, tournaments do so much for the sport. Uh, yeah. as from an awareness standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from a cool factor standpoint, from giving us a stage a platform for defining us as athletes and that kind of thing. So to answer that question, what really needs to happen is one of the bigger sanctioning bodies, you know, I don't want them to come over and railroad what I've done, but they need to work with me uh, or some of the other sanctioning bodies for kayak fishing and develop a true, you know, professional series. Are so, we are we talking you know, about Bass and FLW? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've sat at the table with both of them. Um, I think that I was probably a little too early uh, with Bass. Um, I've gotten a long ways in discussions with FLW. Uh, I've talked to Major League Fishing when they first come out. To be honest with you, I talked to Major League Fishing when they first came out and said, hey, we should do Major League Kite Fishing. We should do this. 
Uh, they looked at me like I had a midget troll on my back with a unicorn horn because <laughs> kayak fishing was just so. They said kayak fishing. <laughs> what, dude? And what's funny is I stood in a booth that I kept several years ago with a kayak there, and all kind of people came by and kind of snickered. You fish out of that? Oh, or they wanted to pat you on the head. That's so cute. You fish out of that thing. I can afford a boat, so I don't need one of those. And now it's funny because the pendulum has swung. And the whole other direction. You know, when I first started catching monster bass from kayaks, people were like, oh, my God, you caught that from a kayak? And I got, like, extra credit because I caught it from a kayak. Now I have guys that go, oh, yeah, well, if I fish out of a kayak, I'd catch bass like that too. You know, so the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction. It's almost like because you can get to all these places I can't get to, that's why you catch those big bass. And so in the beginning, so it's crazy, man, to see this evolved and how fast it's changed but but for me you know i've um i've definitely felt like that some elite series pros needed to get into it um you know and here's the thing we fished kentucky lake and i'm gonna ask i'm gonna answer tom's question uh by talking about this right now and so i'm glad you set the table mike we go to kentucky lake because kentucky lake is where the other bass anglers are we go to Toledo Bend because that's where the other bass anglers are. If I stay a little JV tournament over on the little ponds, oh, like I'm in the kiddie rink, then people aren't going to take it serious. Right. If I right. go to the major league field and play, if I hit a home run and I hit it in a little league park, it's not a home run. But if we go hit a home run and we hit it in the same field with a pitcher pitching the same speed under the same conditions, I chose Santee Cooper on the weekend of the Rayovacs, and we mopped the floor with them. Our guys – Pound for pound would have destroyed yeah, the Rayovac series. Right. The college the college World Series was on Kentucky Lake the same week as, as us the first year that we went there. We would have destroyed them in the size of fish that we were catching. Yeah, it brings, uh, le- brings legitimacy to the sport. brings legitimacy to kayak fishing. I like that explanation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And the tourism bureaus are mature enough that they understand the, the economic impact that a tournament brings to the table. When I go to Kentucky Lake and talk to the people from Henry County, they say, heck yeah, wait a second, 200-plus people, 300-plus people for five nights? Yeah. <laughs> We're in. When yeah. I go to Toledo Bend and talk to Manny and tell those folks that I want to bring a competitive bass tournament there and we can put this many people, this many night stays, this many heads and beds, they get the language of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with Tom, and at some point we can use our <laughs> level of awareness to bring awareness to smaller bodies of water but right now we're going to play ball on the same field that the big boys are playing ball on to show them that we're not a joke to show them that we're legitimate and i'm a competitive guy like ron even i kind of live vicariously through my guys that are competing in the kayak bass fishing tournaments i want them i want my top 10 guys sacks to be bigger than the top 10 sacks from anybody fishing any series on any other platform at any given time because that's what we are we are legitimate hardcore fishermen who fish out of kayaks because we see it as an advantage and i want everybody else to see it as an advantage i don't want people to get out of a boat to get into a kayak i want people that have a boat to also have a kayak and i want people that have a kayak to also have a kayak but you can take more friends fishing from a kayak like how many times have you ever called five people to go fishing expecting maybe one or two of them to call you back when you're on a boat and then for whatever reason the stars line and all five of them call you back but you can only take one maybe two in kayak fishing you can all show up somewhere and go break a fishery down and share information and develop a pattern quicker and so for me 
the camaraderie aspect of it, the competitive nature of it, um, and just the sheer willingness and openness openness of the of the people in the sports what makes it great the people make the sport you know i've been to really crappy towns that the people made it awesome and i've been to really awesome towns on paper that the people made it crap right Mm. so kayak fishing for me is defined like that kayak fishermen make the sport awesome if i post up on social media i'm going somewhere i got three or four offers from somebody to stay the night at their house and it's not because I'm on TV. That stuff's been happening since the beginning, since the genesis on forums before there was social media. So there's just something different about this sport. And Mike, if you know, for whatever you called me, whatever credit you give me, I'm gonna tell you this: from one kayak angler, from one fisherman to another, I welcome you to the sport, brother. Um, wow, now, thank I would you. Love for you to accept a challenge for me for us to get out on the water. Man on man in the kayak, we can pick a, a central location Ooh. somewhere and uh, let's uh, let's lock horns and do it. See I'm what in. What, what, I'm in. I like this challenge. challenge. What is it? Another what are challenge. the stakes? We can fish for pumpkin seed brim. I don't care. Let's just do it. I like it. I I, I like it. I, I think we should hold, fish. Uh, hold on. If there's a challenge in place, yeah, there's got to yeah. be. I'm a, still owed a challenge. Right. That's a challenge. So let's get Ronnie okay. Champion involved. We'll oh. do some Southern boys against some North. Wow. Wait a minute. I like what's forming here, Tom. <laughs> Tell me what's forming here. I got to get it one way or another. To wow. A little team event. A little team event. <laughs> I like, I'm liking this. Hey, when we were at Sandy Cooper, we had 15 people go down, and he had New Jersey always. Now, New Jersey always gets the blunt of the yeah. jokes, you know? <laughs> now, you realize what you're doing. This is our time. You realize what you're doing. They have a now, major Tom, advantage. You, you, you they fishing against me and Ron? Yeah, you and Ron yeah, against me and Tom. Mike to invite, like, are we allowing Mike to invite, like, Edwin Evers? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like, man. Come on, man. Now I now they you know they you're like, have you're on a pretty big mountain to climb there for yourself going to fish against me and Ron Champions. That's a that's a tall order, brother. I know it's a tall order, but maybe but, but maybe you'll come up here to New Jersey. Oh, where the oh. fishing's a little tough. Hey, we're coming as soon as we as soon as we can get the participation numbers up that we need from the Northeast. We're going to have a multiple a, a multiple series trail up there. That's it's wow. chicken and egg, I know. Hey, it's that's what we're working. That's what we're working on here right now. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's awesome, Dave. What do you got? Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I man, Chad, I I love to fish with you, against you, both of them. I would love the opportunity to do that. I said at the beginning of the show, um, what's exciting for me for kayak fishing is I'm relearning how to fish I'm, I'm i'm starting over dude it reminds me of when i was a kid it reminds me when i got my first john boat it reminds me of when i first learned how to use a spinner bait you know it's all new and it's all fresh and that's exciting so uh I, i'm thank thank you for the challenge i'd like to take that i'd love to fish with you or against you any day be great be awesome how about both man let's Let's do it. Let, let's let's do let's both. Do it. Let's, do, let's both. do it. All right, Chad, we're we're running late. My yep. producers kill me. But before I let you go, I do want to pose one more question, and uh, and then I'm going to give it to Dave because Dave's got some questions. What's next in kayak fishing? What's the next big thing that's going to happen? The next big thing for me, Mike, is that the kayak fishing design evolution is going to stop incrementally including one more thing 
one more thing, one more thing. I've been involved in the design process uh, from the beginning with the company who I use. Um, Hobie has been one of the ones that's led the way. Wilderness Systems, the company that I use, has been you know, leading the way. And I think that the competition, that innovation has been a big thing. Uh, I met Jackie Smith back when he first came on board with Hobie. I'm really good friends with Keaton uh, and Morgan and, and, uh, and all of those guys. But what's the next thing for me is that innovation is going to stop being one upsmanship and we're going to finally take a kayak and say, let's make this thing have everything you need on it, like a bass boat, and, and let's go with a full-on everything you need. Nothing has to be, you know, aftermarket retrofitted, jerry-rigged or any of that stuff. And when that happens, you know, that, that gap, that bridge between, you know, the kayak fisherman and the bass boat fisherman is going to get blurred because they're going to be small craft fishermen. They're going to be one man. I mean, the Hobie Pro Angler already is. The Wilderness Systems Attack already is. The Predator from Johnson Outdoors, they already are one man fishing craft. But I think the next level is that the boats start to take on a holistic design kind of a weapon system concept before they're ever designed. And that's going to be the next big thing. And bringing guys like you into the sport and having guys like, you know, Cliff Poche who's hitting me up to go fishing. Um, you know, I told him the only way I'd fish with him is if we could lock out in route to the fishing spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, some real bass fishing will get that joke. You guys probably won't. I see Brian laughing, so he gets it. Um, but we are going to have a guy standing on the stage with a $150,000 check from fishing in a kayak in the next two to three years. Wow. Uh, our tournament paid out 32700 this year. By all accounts, next year, my first place guy will be 50000 plus. Um, and then when we get the attention of the big guys and the non-indemnity sponsors come to the table, that's the, that's the next big thing is to have wow. a guy that can make a living fishing professionally from a kayak. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. It's coming. It's coming. I, do, I believe it's coming. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Dave, did you have stuff or no? Yeah, no, Chad, before we let you go, we're going to play a little game here we call Rapid Fire. And what Rapid Fire is, is these are questions that viewers of the show submit before the show, and I, I get I get chose to uh, to read them to everyone. But this is going to be the first time we're going to involve everyone in the room. Wow. Pete's going to get questions. Mike. Okay. The whole room. Everyone's going to get a question. So okay. we will start with you, Chad. What, which, yeah, which would you choose? Hooking into an 11-pound bass while seated in your kayak or having Selma Kayak's 11-pound seat on your face? <laughs> I'll go with A. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I choose B. All right. All right. <laughs> Salma Kayak? All right, yes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Mike? Yes. True or false? In Francais, the annoying pastime known as sculling is called la fibre. <laughs> True. <laughs> Mike, back to you again. Oh, oh, True or false? Do cast crew members have a gangster lean when they paddling dirty? 
<laughs> definitely, definitely. Those guys, when they paddle, they paddle urban style, for sure. <laughs> Pete. Uh-oh. What is more metrosexual? Uh-oh. Ish and Poche's front deck tickle fight? <laughs> Belly boats or Ike's continual leg crossing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to just tell y'all during the, during the break, I was I was actually talking about Mike's continuous leg crossing. Yeah. <laughs> leg crossing. There's the yeah. answer. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'll go with you, Chad. Long leg crossing. <laughs> that is metrosexual. Long leg crossing. I've ever Whatever. <laughs> Tom. Tom, this question is for no you. Problem. You're going to have no problem being comfortable in the car. <laughs> Tom, the question is, true or false? You can probably share it. <laughs> Chad, let me give you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Whose kayak seat would you rather sniff? Mariko Azumi or Shelly Sanders? <laughs> oh, Mariko. <laughs> oh, my God. oh God. Tom, Tom, true or false? True or false, Tom? The only chance belly boats have to become cool is if Skeet Reese starts kayaking. It's <laughs> <laughs> a yellow one. Yeah, a yellow belly boat. A yellow belly boat. <laughs> a rubber ducky. Chad, 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 this question is for you. True or false? True or false? Does the kayak community refer to sampans as rice burners? <laughs> what the hell is that even? Yeah. <laughs> what the? the sampan, the boat the Vietnamese used to use to row the, <laughs> to row the rice around up and down the Mekong Delta. Oh, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> oh all right. God. Just because I, I thought the joke doesn't mean I didn't get it. All right, all right. Just a minute. Tom, this question is this question for you, Tom. What do kayak anglers hate more? Guys and waiters standing on their favorite point, hole jumping canoers, or being waked by an angry fishless Mike Iconelli. Oh, there you go. <laughs> being waked. <laughs> I had right. that happen plenty this space. <laughs> Ike, true or false? If Ish were to own a kayak, it would be called a kayizzle. <laughs> true. And it would be black. Like his Ferrari. Pete. Yes. <laughs> How many Puerto Ricans can you fit in a Mazda kayak? <laughs> oh, he, he's digging now. <laughs> I thought I was the one Four. not right. So. Yeah. Chad's got the nickname not right. All right. We good, Dave? Last one. Uh, right. Last one. Mike? Oh, God. True or false? Pete Glusek put in a special order to Hobie Kayak. To have a sidecar to put his protege and confidant J3 in. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. So, hey, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wasn't going to say this. I wasn't going to say this, Dave, but since you did, and then Tom threw out there that my nickname is not right, I'm going to I'm gonna bring the humor level for you and the not right up just a touch. Oh, and go ahead and say this. I may lose a fan or three because of this, but um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but... Since we've improved relations with Cuba, um, they're actually coming out with a, a kayak company. They're calling it Freedom. Freedom? <laughs> 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 it looks like a giant cigar. Yeah. Uh, ch- ch- chat, I, I, I got to tell you. And their first model, first model <laughs> is going to be called the uh, Northeast. 
Chad, thanks for coming on. Before we let you go, uh, let all our, our viewers know, because not all of them are kayak guys, let them know, how can they follow you? How, what's the best way to, to follow you and, and, and see what you're doing day to day? The best way to follow me is on Instagram. I'm maxed out on friends at, at uh, Facebook, and so everything I do on Instagram goes over to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so that's at Kayak Bass Fishing, pretty straightforward. Uh, I still keep up with my Facebook stuff, but it's hard once I've maxed out with friends. So, you know, the best way to find me right now is on Instagram, at Kayak Bass Fishing, and uh, check out my show on NBC Sports and uh, World Fishing Network, and uh, my YouTube channel, um, Kayak Bassin TV. How many? And they can also keep up with our little competition there because we're gonna we're gonna air it there we're gonna air the results of our little fishing throwdown yeah <laughs> i like it i like it chad thanks for coming on the show tonight and we wish you all the best in the world and uh, uh next time i see you we'll probably be fishing against each other on the water all right brother absolutely hey mike listen all the guys from kayak fishing i threw out there you know what would you like me to ask mike what things would you like me to say and there is a guy in kayak fishing that is kind of like us he's the you either love him or hate him kind of guy. He's, his name is Drew Gregory, and I was told that Drew Gregory wanted me to send you a special message to say thanks for coming into the sport of kayak fishing, so he wasn't the smallest famous kayak fisherman. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that. All right, Chad Hoover, everybody. Thanks, Chad. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Wow. Good, good guest, man. That was awesome. Great, great perspective on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Indeed. Great perspective. And I really do think this. Yeah, sport... Chad, Chad's been at it for a while. He's, oh, he's... Been fighting, like I say, he's been fighting yeah. for this a long while. That's I'm, awesome. I met with Chad down at the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, he stopped by at the Bass University booth. Oh, cool. And we talked about a kayak edition. Yeah, kayak University. University. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think he'd be great. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think we need to put that together. I think so, too. The community's growing so big. It'd be awesome. T-H. T-H. All right, here's what we're going to do. Everybody watching, <laughs> listen, I know the first thing that you're wondering, I know, the first thing that you're wondering is when the hell are you going to give away the prizes? Keep watching because we're saving that for the end. For the Eight. for the sixth hour of the we're show. We're saving that for the very we're gonna end. We're going to be giving away. We're going to start giving away I don't all these six hours. Hey, but, hey I want to yeah. tell you, I am watching everyone's pictures come up here on Facebook yes. and Twitter and everything, and there's some awesome oh. pictures. Yes. So as of right now, I've selected yes. my favorites who are getting prizes, but yep. you still have time to beat out those people. You still people. have time. You still have time. So listen, no I am tonight, but keep sending your pictures of you and your kayak. Please send them to uh, Ike Live Show at Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and hashtag Watch Ike Live. We're giving away a lot of prizes. We're going to do it at the end of the show. And coming up after the break, we're going to do Greg Hackney's going to join us. But before we go to break, Pete, we got to talk about this really freaking cool TH product that we have, TH Marine product, and it's a great tie-in to this kayak show and uh i, I gotta tell you i use this uh, brian the carpenter just give me a give me a close-up on that so everybody can get a look at it uh, i use this actual thing right now on my bass boat mm-hmm. and this is going to be the next addition to my hobie kayak it's sitting in the garage right now this is a really cool product called a gear grabber and here's the thing i love about this thing pete you know the way i fish out of a bass boat or a kayak 
I got shit laying everywhere, dude. I got crankbaits, and you're the same way, yep. dude. You try a plug, you go to the next. If like mm-hmm. you use a snap swivel, you go to the next plug, you go to next. Yep. Dude, before you know it, you got ten plugs right. laying on the floor. Tom, you switch baits a lot in the kayak. Uh, the neat thing about this gear grabber is it mounts real easy. You could permanent mount it, you could Velcro it, and it's got magnets on it, Pete. It's got mm-hmm. magnets. So you could hang your lures, a spinnerbait jig, crankbait, vibrating jig, whatever it is. You could hang those baits on those magnets. Yep. Keep some... Out of your feet, keeps them from knotting up. But it still keeps them handy. Keeps them handy. Right, because you, you picked it because of that scenario that yes. you're in, and you're going to want to go back to it at some point in the near future. Keeps it handy. Keeps it from flying back and hitting your partner and hooking him. It, it keeps it organized. It's a great little great little feature. It's a great tool. So I please encourage everybody watching, like, go to thmarine.com. Check out the gear grabber, especially you kayak guys. It's going to get the crap off the floor. It's going to yep. keep you from getting hooked. Is that what we're giving away? Uh, we're not giving away this, but now that you said it, you we have might to have, have to. to. You have to go to Tackle Warehouse. You, you go to Tackle Warehouse to get the gear grabber. Gear grabber. Uh, great, great product from TH Marine Gear Grabber. Uh, listen to me. Hang in there with no us. No break. What? No break. No break. Nah. Yeah, we got a break. Bro, it's eleven. It's eight thirty. Yeah, but how are we got we got a, got a break for Hackney? I got to piss. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listen to me. Hang in there. We're going to break for one song. One song only. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, joining us live, Greg Hackney, the winner of the recent BASS uh, Mega Bucks. No, what was it called? Bass Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Bass Fest event on Lake Texoma. We're going to be talking to Greg about his win. About how he adjusted to the conditions. One ounce jig. One ounce jig. We'll be talking all that stuff. Also going to be doing an MTB unboxing and catching up on a bunch of stuff. Hang in there with us. Ike Live Kayak Special. Greg Hackney when we come back. Skin. Get you. 